الرب راعية فلا يعوزني شيء في مراع خضر يربضني مسحت بالدهن رأسي كأسي ريا إنما خير ورحمة يتبعاني كل أيام حياتي وأسكن في بيت الرب إلى مدى الأيام آمين Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham. And you just heard from Danya reciting Psalm 23 in Arabic. Danya, who grew up in the Middle East, received a shoebox as a child and now works with Operation Christmas Child. I hope you've been enjoying our full circle stories as we wrap up National Collection Week. Danya shares her powerful story of receiving a shoebox and the impact that it made on her life, family, and community. Uh, my name is Dania Yadago, and I uh, work with Operation Christmas Child or serve with Operation Christmas Child on the Speakers Bureau team. So I have the greatest privilege to work with other shoebox recipients who have received the shoebox and been, have been impacted by it. And now they're passionate to share their story with others. And so uh, we get to do this, and it's one of our joy when we get to give back on this end this way. Mm-hmm. First of all, to start, would you mind just sharing, um, you know, where you grew up and what your childhood was like? Yes, uh, I grew up in the Middle East in a country where the majority of people were not Christians, it, to the point that a lot of uh, people who followed Christ were faced with severe persecution. And I remember my family were followers of Christ and we were sharing our faith with other people around us. But the country that we lived in, about 98% of the population were not Christians. So that caused my family to go through severe persecution. And I just remember how heavy it was that my dad used to wake up in the morning, go to his shop that he had to provide income for my family. And he often found threatening letters posted on the door. And at some point he even found burned oil poured all over his uh, front door of the shop with a threatening letter posted that said, if we did not stop telling people about Jesus or leave the village, and they would burn the store and they would kill the family. So that was one of the biggest challenges that my family faced living in that part of the world, knowing that every morning when we wake up, we just cannot guarantee our day. In school, I was bullied because I was the only follower of Christ in my entire school. And I just remember the feeling of, Uh, loneliness when I didn't find someone my age to be able to talk about Jesus with, to be able to tell them about my faith because it was very, very difficult and often I would be, uh, I would get, uh, get bullied for it. And so many times um, I remember with the believers that used to come to our house meetings because you could not have a church building, they used to come risking everything, knowing that people would reject them and maybe even they would lose their lives. Uh, and so that was one of the biggest challenges that we faced. And then another thing that my family were going through in that part of the world was severe poverty. My dad worked really hard to provide for my family. And I remember he worked two jobs at some point to provide for us, but it was still very difficult to even put food on the table, to put food on the table. Some nights we only had raw onion and bread for dinner. Mm that's all we could have. And some other nights we just didn't have anything because my parents could not afford buying us things. And on Christmas uh, or my own birthday, I did not receive any gifts. And I just remember 
I used to ask my mom when my birthday was, and I, I, I didn't know if until later on in my life when my birthday actually was because it was not celebrated. And so I didn't receive gifts and I didn't experience the joy of what it feels like to invite kids to your birthday party mm. because I just didn't, we just couldn't afford it. Uh, and I remember we lived in a room that was empty. We didn't have couches or bed. We did everything on the floor because my dad could not afford it. So these were the two biggest challenges that my family were going through during our time in the Middle East. I love, I love the, I mean, I love the whole Bible, but I love the Old Testament. I love Habakkuk specifically, you mm. know, in chapter three, when he says, even though the fig tree does not mm. bud and I don't have any cattle or crops, yet I will rejoice. Yeah. Um, and as you're talking, I love that verse, but I don't think I even know the gravity of that. And you've been able to say that. Yet we didn't have what, you know, a meal sometimes. Um, how were you able to rejoice? Do you feel like that was always true or were there times you just said, God, where are you? How did he sustain mm -hmm. your family? So one of, the, one of the biggest things that I'm thankful for in the midst of these two situations that were surrounding my family were having godly parents who knew what it meant to fix our eyes on Jesus, even when everything is falling apart. And I remember so many times going to my mom and asking her for specific food, for example, fruits. We loved fruits, especially bananas, but we could not afford something like that or uh, ha having new clothes or even toys. Every time we passed by the toy store, I begged my mom to buy me these things and she, or want a toy. And she often used to say that she couldn't, but my biggest joy came when my mom used to put me and my brother next to her at night, every single night. And she used to say, my brother's name is Danny, and she used to say Danny and Dania. Um, I just want you to know that even though mommy and daddy cannot give you everything that you would want or even need, just know that you have a God who is your good shepherd, who knows what you need before you even ask. So she used to put me to her right over to her left, and she used to teach us how to pray. And she said, Dania, talk to God like he's your best friend. Tell him about everything you have in your, in your heart, everything that you need, everything that you want. And just know that at the right time, and when God knows it's good for you, he will give it to you. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's where my joy came. And in, in, in a time of my life when I couldn't even see that God, right? I couldn't even uh, be sure that something like that exists. My mom continuously directed me to see or to, to have faith in something I couldn't see. And she taught me how to pray and she also made sure to recite Psalms 23 in my ears every single night. Mm. That at only age of five, I ended up memorizing the whole Psalms in Arabic <laughs> mm. because she, she was intentional in wanting me to know that if anything happens to mommy and daddy, I just want you to know that God is your good shepherd. And that's what stuck with me at that during those circumstances. Mm. So challenging. Um, just brings tears to my eyes, sorry. Um, it's challenging because I think sometimes uh, here in America, we take so much for granted, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I don't, again, like I said, when I read some of those scriptures, um, I was just reading First uh, Corinthians, let me, or Second Corinthians, let me find it. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like, I don't even understand what that feels like. So hearing someone that does mm -hmm. say that um, is really just impacting me. Um, but yeah, when Paul says in Second Corinthians 4, 
You know, therefore, do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is for but a moment, is working for us far more exceeding an external weight of glory. While we do not look at these things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things mm-hmm. which are temporary, which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are mm-hmm. eternal. And you're right. Your mom, a just wonderful lady, um, even when things weren't seen, she would point your eyes mm. to the Good Shepherd and what is eternal. That mm. um, just is powerful. And again, sometimes I think I, I don't even understand when I read these yeah. words from Paul and people that have truly been afflicted. Um, so, so talk to me about um, the Good Shepherd providing mm. a shoebox because you are you are. I mean, there's so many. Again, there's so many different situations, so many different recipients that get this box. You knew Christ, mm-hmm. but lived um, in persecution and poverty. And so God used this box in your life in a different way than He did. You know, some He introduces yes. Jesus to them through the box. They didn't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. You did. But how did the box still impact your faith? Yes. So during that time when my mom was teaching me and my brother to pray and mm-hmm. to trust God, I remember Every night, I used to bring many things to God in prayer. But one of the biggest desires as a little girl was to have my very own toys. Mm. I mean, when I did not receive gifts on Christmas or my own birthday, but when I saw other kids receiving gifts or having special toys or something that I couldn't have, I remember that was my biggest heart desire. And as I mentioned, when we walked past the toy store, one of my dreams was to have toys mm. from from that toy store. I remember seeing a big panda there and a few puppy, like stuffed up animals and puppies. And I just fell in love and I wanted to have something like this, but I knew that we couldn't. So one of the biggest prayer requests that I brought to God in prayer every night was for God to send me toys. Mm. I just didn't know how. Um, I just asked him to, to send me something like this. But within that period of time, when we were bringing those uh, needs to God in prayer, my family also had another need, very, very different and unique need. At that time, we didn't have furniture. We didn't have anything to put in our living room. So it was very quiet. It was colorless. And we just longed for something to bring life to that living room. And at that time, the radio was very, very popular in that part in the Middle East and also the TV. And I remember we were just longing to have something like that to be in our living room, but we couldn't even afford our daily food. How are we supposed to uh, afford a piece of technology? Mm-hmm. And downstairs, we had this grocery store and the owner had a little radio that he used to play every morning. And every time I went to that grocery store, we just used to look around. And I remember looking at that radio and thinking, how cool is it that we, there's a little uh, mm-hmm. box that has music come out of it? So I just thought, how cool would it be if there would be some kind of uh, worship songs coming out of that radio because I loved worshiping. And outside of the church gathering, there was no access to Christian resources. Mm -hmm. And I just fell in love with that. And I desired to have this piece, but to us, it was unreachable Mm -hmm. because it was so expensive. But being the family of prayer and keeping in mind that God knows the desires of our heart, that was one of my biggest desires of my heart, I need of my family. So as we brought all of our needs to God in prayer, the radio is one of those needs. Now days went by and one very special day, we went to a uh, the church gathering and that day we heard that children would be receiving something very special. And so they, they sang worship songs and we all did the choreography and then they uh, shared the gospel. 
And then they brought these huge brown boxes mm-hmm. that had the the logo on the side. Then the logo had a shoe box with wings coming out of it. And as I looked at that logo, I did not understand why there's a box there. I didn't understand what the, why the box had wings coming out of it, why it was flying. Right? Just a lot of things were so unique and I had not seen in my life. But I remember there was so much excitement. And they opened those brown boxes and they pulled shoe boxes from those brown boxes mm-hmm. and they started to call children one by one to receive the shoe box. And I just remember as I was standing at the back of the line, uh, seeing that something so unique, something that we had never even imagined receiving because I grew up in poverty and in the Middle East, nobody just gives you something with no, without getting anything in return. So I'm standing in the back waiting to see if I'm going to be cold to receive the shoebox. And um, as, as they were pulling all the colorful boxes, I was finally cold to walk forward to receive that box. And I just remember the excitement. I was shaking from excitement. Actually, I'm shaking now as I'm talking because I just feel like it's coming back to me. And uh, my heart was racing. And I just remember this overwhelming joy mm-hmm. that I had not felt before. And I walked forward. They gave me that beautiful shoebox gift. And I remember just holding it so close to me and I didn't want to let go. And I wanted to open it right there and then and see what's inside it. But my mom saw me and she said, Dania, wait until we go home mm-hmm. to for you to open the box. Now we had to walk to, to that church because we could not afford a taxi. So it was about 30 minutes walk. <laughs> And so my brother and I were holding our boxes and we knew we couldn't open them. So we put our hands underneath the lid, trying to feel what's inside it, just so we can just get that excitement towed down a little bit until we got home. And we finally made it home. We ran up the stairs and we sat in that empty bare room. And as I mentioned, had nothing in that room, but the shoe boxes were the only colorful things in that room. And as I, my family gathered together, we opened the lid of our boxes. And I remember as I opened the lid of my shoe box, uh, one thing that stood out to me the most was how colorful mm. and brand new everything was. I was afraid to touch the items because of how new they were. I have not seen or received something like that before. And uh, I saw inside school supplies Mm -hmm. and I loved specifically um, a decorated pencil that I had received because I had not seen a pencil that was decorated like this. Mm. And I just thought, wow, like someone actually spent time decorating a pencil for me. (laughs) And I was afraid to sharpen it, but that stood out to me the most. And hygiene items. I just loved the smell of soap Mm. that was inside the box and the actual soap. And I remember my family, we used to take turns taking child with this um, good smelling soap. And we used to go uh, smell each other because of how good that soap used to smell. Mm. And then uh, having my own toothbrush, we often had to share our uh, one toothbrush with the rest of the family because we couldn't afford one for every member of the family. So just having one good quality toothbrush was so uh, important for me. And then I found so many toys. Mm. And Christy, if I tell you how excited that made me feel, just to know that I actually and finally have my very own toys. I received so many, but I'll show you some that stood out to me. I know um, our listeners cannot see what I'm going to show Christy, but I'm just so excited Mm. to show her a replica of that. So one of it was a Beanie Baby that Mm. I received. 
And I just remember uh, touching it and touching the beads and feeling them and thinking this is so unique and so special. I love the Beanie Baby so much that I used to put her next to me when I slept and I used to play teacher with mm. her and she was my absolute favorite mm. student. <laughs> uh, so I love the Beanie Baby. And my other item was uh, a Slinky. So a Slinky, I didn't know what it was. To mm-hmm. me, it looked like a bracelet. Mm-hmm. So I wore it like a bracelet mm-hmm. until one time I was coming down the stairs and my brother was telling me, how about you put it on top of the stairs and see what happens? And it kept going. Mm-hmm. And I realized that bracelet can actually be a toy and can mm-hmm. go down the stairs mm-hmm. on its own. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was my absolute favorite toy. Um, and many, many other things that honestly were like little treasures in a box, so colorful, so mm-hmm. new, just for me. And I remember thinking, I just need some time to process every single item because of how beautiful they were. Mm-hmm. But as my family were going through those items inside the shoe box and pulling one by one and rejoicing over every single item, we found uh, another small box inside the shoe box gift. Mm-hmm. And as we pulled this box out, I remember my dad was so curious that he was the one to pull that box. (laughs) And he opened the lid of that box and he pulled an item from it. And as we realized what this item was, we just could not believe our eyes. Because inside that small box, we found a mini fully functional radio. Mm. And... All I could remember from that moment is my mom's eyes wide open and her jaw just opened to drop to the floor and just thinking, how is that even possible that out of millions of children and millions of shoeboxes, God would orchestrate for that box to come to the family mm-hmm. that needed something as a radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom and my dad both rejoiced. And of course I was excited because now I get a way to, to be able to listen to those worship um, music that I always long to have. But most importantly, this was the, the moment where what my, what, what my mom was teaching me about prayer and about just bringing your needs and your requests and heart desires to this God that I can't see. Now it became tangible. Mm-hmm. Now, what my mom was teaching me about prayer and trusting God, and, and, and He knows the desires of our heart. He's the good shepherd. Now, this good shepherd proved for himself to me in a tangible way and telling me that, Dania, I knew your heart desires and your family. I knew what you needed. And I found out a way of making your request um, uh, or your prayers coming to reality mm-hmm. and them being answered. And I remember sitting there with the items. It was such a special day, but my heart was so full. And as I put my head to bed, holding the shoebox next to me, I just remember I kept saying, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you, Father. Thank you for knowing that I am here, for knowing that I'm seen when I felt that I wasn't because I was rejected, Mm -hmm. right? For knowing my needs, my desires, for allowing me to see that you are the father that's so personal that every item in the shoebox that you sent was just for me. Mm -hmm. And that's a moment that I can never forget because it was Mm -hmm. so impactful for me and my family. Mm. How did the radio work? Like what kind of radio was it? I never would even think to put something like that in there. Yeah, so um, what I have here is an exact replica Uh that uh, I was uh, able to find, thanks eBay, when I came to United States. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I was able to find it, but yeah, it it, it was it was tiny. Yeah, probably this is five or six inches um, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> long. Mm-hmm. It was able to fit, but you would twist. It has two buttons that you can twist, and one of them I believe is FM, one is AM, and then you would turn it on, and it would you would find a signal, yeah. uh, and then it has a little intel here that you can pull up so you can get a better signal. And in the Middle East, it you could. They broadcasted Christian radio station for only two hours a day that has sermons and Christian wow. music. To us, that was a big deal because, again, in the Middle East, you don't have as, as much Christian resources. And so often in the morning before I go to school, I used to wake up with the sound of the radio. But I just wanted to imagine this. Mm-hmm. Before that, the room didn't have any life to it. It was just mm-hmm. so quiet. And then every morning to be able to wake up with the sound of the radio from somebody that packed somewhere around the world to a family that needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely an answer to my family's prayers. Mm. And what a unique, uh, I mean, because I've never even thought to put that yeah. in there. Um, and that's why we wanted to share your story this week to just remind people, pray, mm. God, what do you want me to put in this box? And even if something kind of odd, I don't think that would they would like that. Listen, because yeah. maybe God's asking you to do something unique different because there's someone praying for it. And I love the way that you prayed for something so specific. Mm -hmm. And out of millions of boxes, that box came to you. I mean, that is just how, you know, God knows, you know, He says, you know, the hairs of your head are numbered. Mm -hmm. I mean, He knows how many hairs on our head. He knows our desires. He knows our wants, our needs. Um, And sometimes we don't get what we want, Mm -hmm. but I love the way that He met you so tangibly. And so that's why we just wanted to, to remind people, this is, I mean, yes, you, they're, they're like a fingerprint, a snowflake. Yeah, every box is so unique because the people that send them are unique and That's have right. different. And so do what, you know, as you think of things, but, but pray, God, mm-hmm. what do you want me to put in this box? And maybe even this year, I, I put a lot of the same things in there, but maybe God, do you want me to change things up? Do you want something different? And I love how you talk about the senses because my sister-in-law was just challenging me that, you know, she tries to pack for the senses. You know, she tries to include Mm -hmm. something for all five senses, which I don't think you always have to do. But yeah, who knows if the child that gets it is blind. That's true. So maybe something to hear would be great. But like you said, in a world where there's not a lot of color Mm. um, and there's not a lot of, yeah, I can't even imagine a a noiseless house. You know, my house is so loud. (laughs) There, I have four kids and there's always, you know, some somebody playing something or, you know, yeah, we can flip on, you know, I can flip flip on my phone. I can even specify the music I want to hear, you know, thanks to YouTube and Spotify and just things that we take for granted. Mm. Um, I can't even imagine a noiseless house. And so as people are listening, you know, think about that, you know, maybe put more things in there that are to, to, to draw, draw out different senses. Um, I never thought about colors being important. You know, again, we take that for granted in our house. There's probably too many colors in my house. But um, so that's why we just wanted to hear from someone that received a mm-hmm. box how meaningful and, you know, what an impact it had. Um, and I, she brought a box, you know, yeah, you can't see it, but you can still go back, it sounds like, yeah. to the moment you received mm. that box. It made that yeah. big of an impact on you. I cannot forget it, Christy. Like, I mm. I just—I I was telling—I uh, think it was my husband the other day. I was just telling him it's very— it's very interesting how what you call it, there's just this moment in your life, right? And there are, there are moments that you, sometimes you forget about, but there are those moments that are very impactful because you have never had these moments before. And to me, as a little girl, just the whole experience surrounding receiving the shoebox 
was so unique, so different, have never had it before. And the way it made me feel that Mm -hmm. I just cannot forget Mm -hmm. it. And when you experience something life changing like this, you just cannot. Mm -hmm. And people, yes, may think it's a simple pencil or it's a toothbrush or it's how could that be impactful? But to me, it's what this shoe box symbolized Mm -hmm. and how God used it in my life. And yes, even the items, because uh, we take a lot of things for granted being mm-hmm. here in this part of the world. I remember when I first came to United States and went the first time I went to the dollar store before I even knew that Operation Christmas Child came from this country. Like I, I had no idea where it came from. My brother and I walked into dollar store and I remember just walking and thinking, wait, this looks like a big shoe box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there are a lot of things that we recognize that we had in the box and we were just so amazed that, wow, like we can have this at a reach of a hand. Like we can just grab it and go when before it was it wasn't something we could it was something that we we dreamt of having right mm-hmm. so it's definitely a blessing that we get to have these things here mm-hmm. yeah i know i've been fortunate to to distribute boxes and yeah it is so many kids you know just things that i take for granted that what is this mm-hmm. you know an eraser you know it's shaped in a animal or yeah. you know just things that and i love how you didn't know what a slinky was but and you figured it out over time, mm-hmm. but sometimes it, they're given it a distribution. And so there's people there that can tell the kid right away yes. what it is. Yes. And it's funny <laughs> to watch the light bulb come on. Oh, you know, this ball bounces and it lights up. I mean, so I've been privileged to see that light come on, but yours was different. You were at home um, and I can't imagine you had to walk home carrying this box. I mean, <laughs> you know, I can barely wait a second to open something, but the anticipation it must have built, yes. you know, to have to walk home and then open it in the quietness of your own home. So each kid receives it in a different way, but I love the way that eventually they figure out what everything yeah. is. And it's kind of like the Lord. So you knew Christ, but some of these kids, they receive a box and they don't know anything about the Lord. Yeah. And so it is planting a seed. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it takes time for them to figure out who this God is, mm. you know, and sometimes, thankfully, they get involved in a local church and they get to do the greatest journey and, and be discipled. Mm-hmm. But some, it takes many, many years, you know, for them, like your slinky, oh, that's what that is. <laughs> yes. But it is it is a gospel opportunity. And, and so just be praying for your box because sometimes it might take years for mm-hmm. them to, to get to know Jesus, but you already knew Him. This was just a way for Him to show you His That's love true. in a great way. So now you've come to America. Were you able to, do you still have any of your items in your box? Were you able to bring them with you when you traveled? So I don't have any of the original items with me because my family and I, when we left the Middle East, we uh, left as refugees mm-hmm. uh, because of the war and persecution and very, very dangerous and hard situations. We had to leave um, as soon as we could. And so we had to leave everything behind. And I just remember how heartbreaking it was for me to leave the items that I have kept for so many years mm-hmm. because we treasured them. But I always say that God knew how special this ministry was for me and how impactful it was that He brought me to the country mm-hmm. where Shubaxis came from. And as I came here that very first month after arriving to United States, keep in mind the cultural shock, keep in mind I don't know the language very well, um, keep in mind that I just came from a background of uh, a lot of, there's a lot of chaos, a lot of turmoil, a lot of things happening that my family went through coming to this new country. And after one month of being in the United States, uh, a lady at my church, she asked me if I wanted to go 
to a warehouse to uh, uh, help process gifts to children. Mm -hmm. Now, at that point, I had no idea she talked about Operation Christmas Child. In fact, I don't even know where Operation Christmas Child boxes that I received came from because I I always called it the special place, but I didn't know where that special place was. But I went with her being that new person here in this country. And she took me to Charlotte, North Carolina, where we have a big warehouse or a processing center where all the shoeboxes get inspected before they're shipped to the children. And I remember going inside and as I opened the door and I walked inside, there were a lot of people there who, I was overwhelmed by the amount of people. Many were wearing Santa hats and some interesting sweaters and <laughs> there were Christmas trees there and a lot of shoe boxes and toys. And I didn't know what that place was. In fact, I thought it was the Santa factory. Right. They told me about uh, when I was in the Middle East. And so right. I kept thinking, this is so different until I saw the banners hanging from the top. And those banners had the Operation Christmas Child logo. And I recognized that shoebox with the wings mm. coming out of it. And I just remember that moment. It was so different and special as I recalled all the memories that I had from the Middle East. Now, I want you to just think of, I was 17 when I came. Mm. And I, I came and I entered this processing center coming from a background thinking that the story that I have is not a good story to share with people. In fact, when I came here, I did not want to tell people that I came as a refugee. I didn't want to tell people that I went through war and persecution and that, you know, we had we had um, uh, our lives were in danger every single day. I didn't want people to know that kind of past about me because it was not good. I didn't want to tell them I came from poverty. I didn't. When I came, I decided that I'm not going to tell people anything about my background. But that very first month, when I came and walked through that processing center and I saw something that reflected back to something good in my childhood. God was re reminding me of His faithfulness throughout those faithfulness throughout those many years and the difficult situations that I went through. And all of a sudden, it became that beautiful thing in my past that actually became a bridge for me to be able to share my story because now I get to, to tell people God's faithfulness in the midst of the chaos, God's faithfulness in the midst of poverty. Mm -hmm. That if it wasn't for the poverty, I would not have experienced answered prayers or how impactful the shoebox was. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for the persecution and the war, I would not have experienced what it means to be bold in your faith, mm -hmm. even when your life is in danger every single day. And most importantly, I would not have experienced what it means to have this sweet relationship with Jesus Christ when you are so pressed, so uh, so pressed and pressured because of your faith. Um, in that moment in the processing center, I just remember it was just a turning point for me because mm. now people start telling me about my story and I was able to actually sit and tell them, yes, I will tell you about my story. It's not about how bad my story, my past is. It's about how God brought that beauty from the brokenness that I come from. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden I'm talking about God's goodness, goodness instead of how bad my past was, mm. right? And so just as you mentioned, Christy, like this shoebox that I had received, not only it impacted me at the moment, but it was those seeds that God was watering and planting. And even at later in my life, as I came to United States, He was keep pointing me, Daniel, this was a symbol of my goodness and faithfulness in your life. Mm-hmm. That is so amazing. Um, and yeah, just good for us to remember um, that God makes beauty out of ashes. And I mm -hmm. love how coming to the processing center, so it's like God's using shoeboxes as such pivotal points in your time that yes. that showed you, I've made beauty out of ashes. There's nothing... Uh, 
you know, bad about your upbringing or your life. In fact, I can use it for your good. And I, I, I just keep thinking, and because I've been in reading a lot of Paul's writings, <laughs> and again, I just sometimes feel like I don't really understand what he's saying. You do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that just makes me think of uh, Romans 5 you know, one through five. Um, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by faith into this grace um, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but also glory in tribulations, knowing that Mm -hmm. tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. And now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our lives by the Holy Spirit Mm. who has given it to us. And as you're talking, I just, I love that God showed you there is purpose in this Mm. pain. Um, And and the reason is because of the hope that doesn't disappoint. And and so I love how you didn't, not that it would have been wrong, but I love that you didn't bury that part of your life and Mm. say, I'm going to start new now that I'm in America. I'm going to forget what I was. I love that you're using it and you're saying, no, there's purpose. Yeah. And because it points to this hope. Um, and I love the way that God, I mean, again, each story is so unique yeah. and each testimony. Uh, but you knew Christ. This box just drew you closer to Him and and showed you the good, fa- the good shepherd that He was. Mm-hmm. But now He's brought you to America. He brought you to a church. I mean, this is not an accident. Yeah. I just look at your <laughs> life and you think, God, uh, your life just reminds me of Joseph. You know, it's mm-hmm. like He was just faithful everywhere He was, and God just had a plan and a purpose. Amen. And yeah. again, I would have probably wanted to shelter you or rescue you out of it, but God had a p- plan mm-hmm. and a purpose. So here He brings you to this church. He brings you to a processing center. I'm sure you blew people away saying, I got a box. And now you're seeing what a big, uh, I'm sure when you received the box, you didn't know how big it was. No, like no. you said, the, it, the logo was was in your mind. <laughs> yeah. But again, you didn't even know. So now you're seeing hmm. how big it is, how many people are involved, how, you know, this, this comes, a lot of boxes, yet this one came to you. So talk to me about now how you've gotten involved in working with Samaritan's Purse. Yes, it was all, all God's orchestration, honestly. When I go back, I, I never have imagined when I received that box that one day I'll be here serving with the ministry. Uh, but God opened many, many doors before me, and He closed many doors before me, so it would lead me to where I am now. But in 2016, um, uh, so that was in 2010, whenever I met, uh, I first discovered Operation Christmas Child, and then I went to high school, finished it, and then finished college. And in 2016, um, I became a, a national spokesperson for Operation Christmas Child to just go and share my story with people to tell them it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. But when I thought that I am just sharing and now, you know, I came full circle, right? Now I'm giving back and now I'm sharing my story. When I thought that's it, God just wanted to open another door for me. In 2017, I was actually uh, able to come as a staff, full-time staff to work in Charlotte, North Carolina, at the same processing center <laughs> where I first met Operation Christmas Child. Um, and I was able to serve in this way. But when I also thought that through this, my circle is complete, God had just one more thing for me in order for this circle to become fully, fully closed and complete. Uh, in 2018, a year later, God opened the door for me to go to the Philippines and give up boxes to other children. And I just remember as I was standing on that ground, there was one specific distribution where children were about my age when I received my shoebox gift. And they gave me the microphone to call the children to come. And I I, I just 
remember as I have the microphone, called the child's name, and I held that box and handed it to him. This was the moment that God was just speaking to my heart, like, Dania, as your circle is coming to a completion now, you are starting the circle of this next child. And this yet was another, um, uh, if you want to call it healing process in my mind, that if all the things that I went through led to this moment so I can be part of this child's story, then it's worth it. Because God wanted me to be there. He wanted me to be that person to see not only the, the impact as I received it, but also as I give it. And um, and I just remember just thinking, Lord, I don't know what this child's story is, but I just know that you've been so good in my life. And I just pray that you would be, you'd do the same thing in his life. You would show him how good you are in every circumstances of his life. And so I am still serving with the ministry, mm-hmm. but I rejoice. I, I don't know what God has for me next, but um, I, I know that he's calling me to do this right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just a huge privilege for me to know that God was writing my story all along in the moments when I didn't feel it and the moments when I didn't know, but God wanted me to be doing this to create the impact in the other way for other children's life when I'm on this end here. Mm. That is so amazing. I can't imagine what it's like to pass out a box that you mm. received as a child. Um, and, and that's a good encouragement for everybody listening because we all have a different sphere. We all have uh-huh. a different background and testimony and giftings and experiences, but God doesn't waste any of them. Again, you know. And yeah. maybe there's someone listening that God wants you to go back to somewhere you've been impacted or, you know, so just a, it's just a good reminder wherever we are mm. um, to be available and to be obedient, and who knows who we need to minister to today. So today, wherever you are, you know, just be looking for ways that you can minister. But in regards to a shoebox, that encourages me to be prayerful, Mm -hmm. you know, to be praying for that box and for whoever gets it. And so I have to ask, you know, having received a box yourself, what do you always, what do you put in a box, and how do you pray for the box? Mm. Uh, I have usually put, a slinky, a <laughs> mini uh, baby if I could, stuffed animal, of course, hygiene items, school supplies. Um, I also love uh, putting uh, smaller things like a toy car or a, a small uh, toy doll and fill it up with, with many other things like uh, activity book. I actually also received an activity book that I remember it was so special. I used to do it with pencil so I can erase it and do it again. Like it was that special. So I tried to put those things inside. And actually last year, I was able to find two radios that I can put in my boxes. <laughs> and so um, that's, these are a few things that I put. I tried to, to, to make it fun, have a wow item, have necessities as well, and some fun things inside. But the way I pray for it is just that for the Lord to show that this child, um, that he's just present in their life. And I think this was a big thing in, in, in my life personally growing up through different circumstances, one of the biggest things I needed to know was that God is on my side and He's present in my circumstances. So my prayer is for the child to know that God is with them and He's present in their lives. He has a plan uh, for their life and He's guiding them. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want that child to to know that there's a God who's in control in the midst of all the chaos that's Mm -hmm. going on in their lives. Um, and so we're, we want to share your story um, during National Collection Week. And so for people listening, you know, if this is towards the end of the week, which we, we plan to air yours at the end, 
And so they might think, oh, I'm too late. Well, I want to talk about the Build-A-Box because mm-hmm. in, in from where you're from, there are certain countries where we can't go in with physical boxes. And so we we build a box online. And so we actually encourage that. So can you talk to me about that? Because I think some people think, oh, that's not personal. I don't get to pick it out. But can you talk to me about building a box and praying for it? Um, I think that's so selfless because they may not get the praise or get to put a, an address and a response. Um, but in heaven, mm-hmm. prayerfully, you'll get to meet your child. You know, And that's yeah. what I keep thinking. I can't wait to hopefully meet people in heaven and think my box helped lead them to someone in a church, which led them to Christ. So can you talk to me about that yeah. and the impact of that ministry? Absolutely. So all I could think of is um, the story from John 6, when Jesus fed the 5,000, right? In the midst of the he, this big story, it's a it's a miracle that has happened. And one day I was reading it, and I was just thinking the same thing. Like right, like there's a lot of people that don't see. No, number one, people might not know what they have done. Number two, they may not see on the other end what the impact they have done. But what what God pointed my uh, sight one time when I was reading this is that little child who brought hit the the loaves and the fishes to Jesus, and that how. The God of the universe, Jesus Himself, He could have brought this, uh, uh, multiplied the food and the fish. He could have asked heaven, it would have come, came and dropped, right? He could have found a way to feed those people without this little child, mm-hmm. right? But as I was reading, God was just pointing to me that, Daniel, sometimes I want my people to be involved in my mirac- miraculous work. Mm-hmm. No matter how simple, it was so simple what that child brought, but can you imagine when that child grew up later on, he could tell his grandkids, I was part of Jesus' miracle, mm-hmm. right? And this is the same thing. You you may not get to, as we say, like do the fun things of the shoebox, right? You may not, people may not know that what you did, but you think it's so simple, yet God wants to involve you in His miraculous work that He's doing all around the world. And when you build the shoebox online, you can still pray over it, right? You can still do the things um, that, that you can do when you build a shoebox physically. But these boxes also go to hard to reach areas, to places like myself, to my country, um, where the gospel is uh, what well, is hard to reach with the gospel, where people on the ground need this in order to reach even the end of the earth. Um, and so you are being a missionary, you are being at your own home, but also your impact, you're creating an impact in a further away places, in places that you can't reach with a regular shoebox that you would pack. Mm-hmm. And so just think of the great harvest that God has, mm-hmm. that through the work that we do, God can take it to the end of the earth. So just know that you are being part of God's miraculous work that He's doing. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that story, but it, it's even more personal having you just recount it. And I love how you said that because even the disciples, you know, said, we need to send them away. We don't have any food, even though they knew Jesus, like you said, He could He could have made food Himself, but He wanted to involve people. Yes. And I just love that where it says, where shall we buy bread and that these may eat? Um, but He said this, knowing what he would do, mm-hmm. you know, to test them, <laughs> you know? And I, I just love that challenge you gave. So people listening, you know, may, might think, I don't want to build a box online. I want to do it myself, which is fine too. They're yes. both great, but you're still involved, you know, going online and you can even customize it. Yes. You know, you can pick, so you can still make it personal to you. 
Um, but you're right, there are certain places of the world that that's the only way we can get in. Mm -hmm. um, and so we still need, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We that's need true. people to do it that way too. Um, and you're still a part of the miracle. You mm -hmm. might not get to see it, but in heaven, again, prayerfully, and that's where prayer comes in, pray that this box introduces them to mm -hmm. Jesus and plants a seed. Um, again, it might take time, but pray that you'll get to hear about it in heaven. Yes, and Christy, one more thing I think would be important to, to mention is um, I grew up 17 years in the Middle East where I have, my, my parents were sharing the gospel and they were praying to go to different areas where the gospel has not been shared. And I remember one, one particular um, uh, time when I was living there and I was a much older at that time. But one time as we were praying for neighboring villages that they have no one in that village that could share the gospel. I mean, imagine 100%. There's no evangelist there. There's no one who has ever told them about the hope and love of Jesus. And as we were praying for God to send us tool to share the gospel, one day we were able to, to have Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes that we can take and go to those villages. My parents took them. They went to those villages, which was honestly also very dangerous from our end to do. But for us, we wanted any kind of tool to be able to go and tell them about Jesus Christ. And so we went to those villages and we, um, as the parents, my parents asked them, they can enter their homes and give, give to their children. And that built a relationship for my parents to be able to go back and forth and share the gospel with the people in a village that has never had an evangelist before. And so if it wasn't like, if that person who packed the shoe back said, oh, it's not that fun, I'm not gonna do it. We may not have had those tools mm -hmm. to go to those villages, mm -hmm. but through the faithfulness of a few, we were able to take those boxes and enter a village and share the gospel when nobody could. Thank you for tuning in today. Danya's conversation challenged me so much and reminded me of God's faithfulness as the good shepherd. I know that National Collection Week is coming to a close, but your impact doesn't have to stop and you are not out of time. You have a few more days to drop off your box and you can also go online and build a box which will be sent to a close country like Danya's. I know build a box seems impersonal, but it's a great way to reach countries that we physically can't take shipments in. They have made a way to give you options and personalize without having to leave your home. I want to close reading Psalm 23, since Danya started the episode reading in her native tongue. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Yet, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you haven't listened to Yulia and Eve's stories, I encourage you to go back. Although the shoebox gift is the key in our, all of our testimonies, God used them in vastly different ways to change their life and their trajectory in their community. I enjoyed each and every conversation, and they helped me as we were praying and sending shoeboxes. I know I cried, laughed, and cried some more hearing each of their stories of loss, redemption, and hope as a simple shoebox introduced them to our Good Shepherd in a personal way. Thank you so much for praying and supporting Operation Christmas Child this season. I hope you have a great week.